Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday. And we do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary contexts, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org slash dailyconnection. Well, today on the podcast, we're following up from uh, a sermon and a couple of texts from yesterday uh, talking specifically about um, God as parent, really, um, and looking at kind of our role as uh, his children and how that works out and all kinds of different things. And Randy, you talked uh, yesterday uh, about that, and you've got some things that uh, you kind of want to dive deeper into today. So let's let's jump into that. Well, I think one of the things that, um, and I go back to the King James translation, but I, I love this NIV translation about how we bring up our children in the ways of the Lord. Um, I, 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 it's interesting the contrast between when I was growing up as a child, what that meant, and maybe what it means today. Um, when I was growing up, it meant you took your kids to church, you kept them in church, you were quiet in church, you didn't make a sound in church, you didn't move in church. Or you got the mom pinch. Yeah, well, I was a little less scared of my mom than my dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, I think that's, uh, and I'm glad that the church, uh, the approach to bringing kids to worship today is is much different than it used to be. Um, it, Somehow or another, that train up a child in the ways of the Lord had a harder, had a harder approach to it. I think maybe in fifty years ago, maybe forty years ago, thirty years ago, than it does today. Certainly, than it does here at Calvary, and I'm really glad to see that. Um, in what way? I think that uh, when uh, parents brought their children to church, older days, mm-hmm. that child made a sound. Right, I see they got several mean. hard looks. So today they get to actually be involved in worship, right. not just sit like a little soldier or whatever. Right, yeah. right. And I, um, what, through my years of pastoring, I always told folks, I said, uh, uh, I'm glad to have kids in worship, and they're going to make sounds and noises. And I said, and it's okay, and you leave them alone, or you're going to have to have yeah, a conversation with me. Um, so I, I think that's become a gentler, more of a leading kind of thing rather than more of a, I don't want to say a military thing, but there were times that it was almost a military legalistic approach to raising your kids uh, in the church. Um, and I, I'm, I'm happy where we are, um, and I'm happy where we are and what we're doing here at Calvary uh, in terms of how we are uh, raising up our kids, I guess. And I um, <clears throat> I hang on that verse of scripture when it talks about um, uh, training up a child or, or bringing them, um, because we planted very deeply those seeds in our kids. And uh, of course, one of my kids is gone now, um, and and the other one has turned away from his faith. But I know those seeds are planted deeply. Um, and the scripture says that, um, I don't remember what NIV says, but I too remember, even though I wasn't a King James person, that they will not depart from it, but um, they do depart, but the hope is that they come back. And do they really depart from the heart of the faith? 
And so all those people out there who are hurting because um, their kids have have um, have walked away from not just the church, that's a different thing to walk away from the institutional church, but have walked away from God. I just feel like those seeds are, have been planted deeply, and I'm just praying that um, that we'll see the results of those seeds at some point. And if you're one of those parents and and uh the guys group on Wednesday mornings were, were a pretty open bunch of guys. And uh, there's a lot of people. But I catch this in the, in the atrium and in the hallways. There's a lot of folks here at Calvary who have brought their children up, mm-hmm. took them to Sunday school, brought them to Sunday school, brought them to worship, who have, uh, when those children uh, had their own options to make their own choices, are not in church today. Mm-hmm. Right. Some of that, I hear some parents uh, express real frustration, almost anger over that. Mm-hmm. I hear others who are brokenhearted by mm-hmm. it. Uh, and others, I think, are almost ashamed to say that. Right, like it's and, their fault. And if, if whoever's listening this morning to know that you are not alone if your children uh, aren't living out just quite the way you had planned for them. First of all, that probably <laughs> probably never works that our kids become exactly what we want them to become anyway. That's but, probably a good thing. Uh, yeah, uh, but it also to know that you're not alone in praying over your children. Uh, and praying that they would again something would trigger with them. I think about when we pray over uh, our our two boys um, that somebody will cross their path. I pray they don't learn lessons the hard way, right? Uh, which is a lot of times what happens. The hard way by that I mean loss, uh, uh, tragedy, something where they're in desperation, turn to grab a hold of anything. Um, but on the other hand, I learned a lot of things the hard way, and I've survived too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I keep praying that somebody will say something to them. You know, they'll come across and become friends with somebody who's a believer, and and maybe nothing more than just out of they enjoy their company, they'll go out to dinner with them, and something will happen. Um, you know, I've heard I've heard story after story how kids have returned. Um, Sometimes it, it it doesn't happen until they raise their own children, unless they get to the point where they're really questioning and are, re- are rejecting God in the process. Um, but I just keep praying for not only our kids, but for the other kids, and I know there's a number of those out there. And I keep thinking about the baptismal vows that the church takes. And it's not just Calvary who takes those vows, it's... Um, all churches, I mean, like everywhere. And, and my son doesn't live near um, near us. And so the folks at Calvary probably, um, you know, unless they move to St. Louis or whatever, um, are not going to have that kind of influence over him. Um, but if we as uh, baptized Christians take that responsibility for everyone we see, um, then we need to, to remember that that's our responsibility too. Yeah, sometimes I'm the answer to a grandmother's prayer right. in, in California or Minnesota or someplace else in the world. Right. And my hope and prayer is that somebody else has that same sense and they become the answer to our prayers. Absolutely. Because our kids are scattered around. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wherever they are. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that we talked about a lot yesterday, Randy and I talked about before he preached this sermon, is that um, – um, Mother's Day is difficult for a lot of people, sure, um, including me. Um, yeah. I 
I've lost a child and I dread it every year. Right. I dread all the commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but even before I lost Justin, I would look around at at mothers who or at women who did not come to church on Mother's Day because they had never had a child. Um, or they were estranged from the only children they had. And so um, Randy and I talked a lot about that. Um, I probably have a different perspective than Randy just because I'm a woman. Um, And we we take that to heart. Um, And... um, and Randy did a great job of, of talking about everybody as the nurturers and um, partners in the faith, mm-hmm. um, not just women who have given birth or have adopted or have foster children or whatever. Um, so I also want to say to all of those women out there that you are, um, uh, even if you're not a biological or adoptive mother, you are a mother um, because you have nurtured children, nurtured people. You have, um, you know, supported people and helped them grow up in the faith. Right. You know, right. um, and and as we look at that, then we look at what the role of the church is in that. And um, um, you know, we are obviously not all uh, uh, legally related to all of the children in this church. Um, but I hope that as a child of God, someone will help me grow up in the faith. <laughs> You know, not just as a child, but as all of us, that um, not in a judgmental sense, but that we will walk with each other um, and uh, realize that the church is about um, is about helping each other do this. Um, I love it. We have a, a group of kids in in the church whose whose parents are here a lot. Um, they may be um, uh, they may be on staff here. They may just be um, super volunteers, and and they call uh, uh, the the rest of those the group uh, chamley church family. And my kids had that. They didn't call them Chamley, but uh, it was really important uh, to have uh, Norma and uh, Sally, and I can name all these people throughout the years that um, walked beside my kids when I wasn't necessarily there um, to to help them and, and to know that they could call those folks, um, that my kids could call Sheila when they didn't want to talk to mom. Um, and so that was that was really important, and I think that's one of the things that you were saying yesterday, Randy, um, that that we need to help each other in this process. Yeah, it's always it's always a balancing act because uh, whatever day it is, I don't I don't care what day of the year or what holiday or what celebration it is. There are always pain. There's always pain right. connected with some of those. And yet, somehow, to balance that against the fact that some folks do want to say, "I want to celebrate my mom on this day Absolutely. and give them the freedom to do that Absolutely. and, and uh, the the place to do that yeah, as we well," so don't that's take that away. that's always the balancing act in there somehow or another. So, yeah. But in terms of walking alongside and partnering with each other, um, I I just think that's really important. And instead of of criticizing this child who is we think is acting out somewhere, um, maybe just going on uh, up alongside of them and loving them and letting them mm-hmm. know that they're safe at church because they're loved, you know, and um, um, and, and just um, putting away the judgment. And not that I, I don't really see that uh, a whole lot, but putting away the judgment and picking up the, um, 
I, I treat kids. I mean, you can tell when you see me in the atrium, I treat them like they're all my own grandkids. Um, and, uh, um, that's, I, I love them all as if they were my own grandkids. And if we could all do that, um, not that they could all be like me. I don't want you all to be like me. That would be a very ugly place. Lord, um, in your mercy, hear our prayers. <laughs> but, yeah. but we have taken vows, um, in, in their baptisms. And, um, um, when the confirmands joined the week before, um, we took vows to help walk with them as well. So I just, I just take that really seriously. Yeah. And it's, you know, a text like Proverbs 22, six, I think really brings into stark relief this, this paradox that says we help form people, but at the same time, they are their own person, just like we are making the the willful decision to help form them. They are also making a willful decision yes. to be formed or to however they walk in that process. And so as, um, as parents, you feel that pressure, I think, to form rightly. But part of that pressure is also recognizing that you're forming uh, an individual with free will who right. walks around and makes that that's the confirmation part of mm-hmm. of the process is that um you know these are these are persons right. that, that uh, operate just like we do and make the decisions that we all do you know as adults in some ways and and so uh, a text like proverbs 22 6 um is one of those strange things that that brings out the roughness in one side of that that says it's very important for you to to be proactive about forming children in their formative years. Um, but then you look a little bit further in Proverbs and and you read the things like, hey, it's your own decision to do what do what you do and expect right. the consequence of the thing that you do, person who is acting on stuff. And so there is this very strange kind of over, I think, overcorrection on the part of Christians uh, where they they operate like it's a mechanical universe almost. Right. Like every single interaction that you had with your child will, uh, you know, is a, is a cause for an effect that happens later. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just an insane uh, kind of... Of my, it's really more of a more of a, a, a ungraceful and mm-hmm. and incredibly mechanical um, something that even science wouldn't support necessarily. And, and the complexity that, is irreducible in that sense. Doesn't that leave um, God out of the picture? Well, you know? I think it. I think it just doesn't understand um, humans very well yeah. either. I don't even. I, I mean, to even set aside the God question for a moment, it, it doesn't even accurately reflect what we know about humans in a completely godless uh-huh, <laughs> kind of scenario. It doesn't make sense in any kind of uh, understanding of the world. And so I, I'm, I'm a little confused um, in, in why Christians would read it that way. Some Christians, mm-hmm. not all, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. all certainly, but, mm-hmm. uh, and lay that kind of responsibility um, at the feet. It seems overbearing um, and mm-hmm. that's why I think you end up with overbearing parents who, yeah. you know, do that model. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. I think when parents walk away feeling incredibly guilty, right. um, about decisions they have or haven't made, um, 
when in reality, you know, their children have a part to play in that as well. Absolutely. Adult children, especially. And I think with the extension of adolescence now yeah. going into, my goodness, late 20s, you know, right. early, I mean, 30s, yeah. Yeah, it, it is one of these things where I'm like, no, this is your, this is your, this is your choice. And, you know, to, to not depart from something, I think is, is also another way of saying, you know, what, what, uh, you know, our version of reality is here. Mm -hmm. And so we've been faithful with trying to describe that to you and how you, how you walk into that yourself is ultimately your own decision. Mm -hmm. And I know that places a very high burden on, you know, personal, um, personal responsibility, but but, that's the reality. But I I think that is how we're, how we're built. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, We talk about, um, we can't, um, um, we can't accept Christ through our grandmother. I mean, we can't accept, we can't, what is it with spiritual, uh, God, God doesn't have grandchildren. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could not right. remember that phrase. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so we do all have to make that decision. And right. and you're right, parents have, and I think it's more so today than maybe ever, parents take responsibility for every decision that their child makes. Right. Um, I mean, in a negative sense, and what did I do wrong? <laughs> what, well, your child has free will. Um, and we shape them as much as we can. We give them the opportunities. The other thing that happens, and I've heard this, is when Christians look at other Christians and say, your child has gone astray, therefore you must have done something wrong. Oh, yeah, that's... Can we just say, no. (laughs) That's nonsense. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. Right, that's... Yeah. It's hardly even worth thinking about from from a... from a biblical text perspective right. um, without completely being put in the camp of the Pharisees. And I, I just, right. I don't want to be there. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you do, but no. if so, you want to, that's great. So let's know. Jesus has some word for you, but. Exactly. Exactly. So just hear <laughs> yeah. that from us that yeah. we are emphatic about that. Um, but, but yeah, I think, um, and, the, and then the other text that you used yesterday, Randy, um, was also one of my favorites where um, the disciples were trying very hard to make sure that Jesus spoke to the people that were important to speak to. And um, the kids were being as kids are. I want to see Jesus. I want to, I mean, they would do that with anybody. Um, but, you know, this is Jesus. And uh, the disciples, no, no, stay away, stay away from Jesus. And, and, um, and Jesus says, no, no, bring him on, bring him on. Um, and then he lays his hands on them and blesses them. And that just uh, that just does something to my heart. Um, I mean, that's not a surprise that Jesus would love people of all ages, stages. And I mean, that's, that's not a surprise. Um, but I can just see that. And I'm just, my, my mind is bringing that today um, to people and, and to yeah. kids. And that's just really awesome. Yeah. And I love how that, I mean, how that text operates at a couple of different levels. I mean, children in first century, kind of a marginalized right. group of people, you right. know, until they hit a certain age, they're not, they're more of a, a load or a burden right. until they get to a point yeah. where they can produce, right. you know, work and stuff. Um, so there's, there's that angle of it too, but I, the, the end of that, um, of that saying from Jesus, you know, the, the kingdom of heaven yeah. belongs to to these ones, you know, he's giving us that wonderful picture of, of what we as adults or as, you know, quote unquote, mature disciples also 
need to remember right. about what the kingdom of heaven is like. That right. it is um, something that is accessed at the, the the curiosity level of a child. Yeah. That we are continually learning about this. That we are seeing it a new way. You know, all of that kind of stuff is a, a to me that is, um, man, that's the gold in that in that yeah. verse. Yeah. I mean, you know. I, I love one of the reasons I love being around kids is that they ask the questions. They haven't yeah. been conditioned to uh, mm-hmm. don't ask that, don't talk about that. Right. They they ask the questions, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, people um, are very often terrified of junior high people, and it's and as if they were some kind of a fierce animal that we can't touch. <laughs> I love junior high youth because they are mm-hmm. at the stage too that they'll ask. And and they really want to know those answers. Right, you know? right. A child asks at a different level. They you know they want to know maybe a little bit more of a superficial answer. But when a junior high youth comes and asks a question, oh man, that is such that is so awesome. Um, and we have the responsibility to take them seriously. But <clears throat> I you know as you said that Isaac and and talked about the kingdom of heaven is yours. Um, the thing that I was trying to get across at the children's time, and I, I don't think I did a very good job of it, is to very often we see the church as an adult, uh, literally institution that um, welcomes and nurtures children. I would like to see the church as. Um, something much broader than that, and I'm not sure I can even put words around it now, that it is not an adult uh, institution, and I use that word very intentionally, mm-hmm. but it is a, a living, breathing um, body that um, for which children are an integral part they're not um, uh, a, a watch that we wear on on our wrist and take off and put back on. They're an arm or a leg or a foot or you know they're to use that illustration. They're they're an integral part. Right. Um, and people will say that's the church of tomorrow. No, we're not just raising kids so that we can continue to have a church in twenty years. That's not what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the church today. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Right. Yeah, I think there's a there's a notion that in order to be fully a part of something, you have to reach a certain you have to check off a couple of boxes, right. you know. And we we get that from I mean, kind of our own participation in you know democratic republic kind of mm-hmm. idea mm-hmm. that you need to be able to vote, yeah. you know, like you need to be able to have a voice and say something about something, and so there are requirements for that, and so that kind of has made its way into um, our, our church life as well to say, in order to participate, you need to be at a certain kind of um, mental ascent level. And this kind of, it works its way into different traditions in different ways, sure. honestly. Um, sometimes it's in the form of membership in some places. Sometimes it's a form of confirmation. Sometimes it's the form of believer's baptism if you're yeah, that, from right. that tradition. So there's a point in where we say, um, I think unrightly, this is your card in. Yeah. Um, this is when you can fully participate. Uh, but it's not. I mean, full participation is, I think, gauged on who you are, what gifts you have, how you're able to put those into the life of the community. And so children have something that's unique mm-hmm. in that sense. It's different than adults, but it's not any more or less um, valuable. Right. And so 
what we often try to do, I think, is one of two things. Either we really divide it up and say, you know, this is your this is your lower level job over here yeah. and this is our higher level job over here, uh, which is not appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, or we try to make everyone the complete same, yeah. look the same, have the same uh, actions and abilities and everything else. And we don't yeah. recognize the diversity in the body then as well. And so we say, no, this is the lowest common denominator. This is what we have to do for everyone. Yeah, This is how we do it. I think both of those approaches miss the point, Mm -hmm. at least that Paul is trying to make, Mm -hmm. you know, in his analogy of how the church Mm -hmm. works together. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's unfortunate that we, we miss it so much, but it's hard to, it's hard to be the other one. So I understand why we do that. Right. You know, it's not easy. Even our society, um, today, um, sometimes, uh, I think that we are, are mirroring first century Christians when we say that, you know, oh no, let's, let's just put the children over here. Um, let's let, <laughs> like the children's table at grandma's, uh, at grandma's house, uh, that, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture of my family um, not long ago uh, from when I was a child, and and my cousin and I, who were the youngest, were at a separate table. <laughs> and it's just because Grandma's dining room wasn't big enough. Anyway, um, that we, we do one or two extremes. We either say, um, keep the children uh, uh, silent, you know, children should be seen and not heard, or we allow them to rule our lives. <laughs> and uh, I see both extremes. When my my kids were little, I worried that I loved them more than God, um, because I did love them so much. And um, I think the very admission of that made that maybe not true, because I, I, I mean, not necessarily, but I, I made that very um, uh, clear to myself. <laughs> Remember that these are God's children not mine. Um, and so um, we in the church, as Randy was talking about balancing, um, we need to make sure that we remember whose children they are um, and uh, that we, um, you know, I could go off on, on, a, on a whole other thing here uh, about um, um, children um, getting everything that they want and us running our lives uh, around children. Uh, but I'll save that for another podcast. I'll come back to it. I promise. Um, yeah. But um, I often wonder though, I mean, as I look around, I, I often wonder if it's not, I don't even know if they want it. I mean, the children, the children. Oh yeah. no, they don't. I, no, I, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, this seems to be a lot of projection of your parents onto yeah. these children about what, what they want. So it's yeah, always absolutely. good, I think, to stop and, take a minute and say, is this really for my kid or is this really for just me. for me? Right, right. And if it's just for you, then find something that doesn't involve your kid for crying out loud. You know? <laughs> That's Why right. make them pay for that? Well, I, I see that a lot. It could be in any arena, but uh, I see that a lot in sports, um, baseball in the summertime, basketball. Uh, I coached uh, was it Dylan's fifth or sixth grade team for a season when the coach was sick. And... Uh, I think they only refrained some of their venom because I they knew that I was the preacher in town. <laughs> uh, but I just thought to myself, my Lord, my God, have mercy on this poor kid. Because his dad is off. And it's interesting. Sometimes it's the dads, but sometimes it's the moms off the wall <laughs> that yeah. their son didn't play more minutes than the next boy beside him. And yeah, I can or even re- more tragic when the kid makes a mistake and the parents are all over them for the mistake. You know, <laughs> sure. 
But um, but yeah, we have to, to look at what's best for the children and what's best for the children in terms of um, uh, the body of Christ, the whole um, who are we as uh, parents, who are we as um, partners with, uh, with other people's kids, you know? Um, my kids aren't here, um, so I'm going to... I'm going to love yours <laughs> and try to guide them. And, and, and thank you for letting me love your kids. Yeah. Not just the little ones, but, you know, all of them. I was uh, in my quiet time the other morning and was um, reading. Um, I don't remember where it was, but I came across this. And I was, I was going to try to include this yesterday morning and uh, uh, being the uh, exacting faithful person that I am to our schedule I, <laughs> <Right>. I didn't <laughs> and, and you don't people, need to say anything more I, I was just gonna say all God's people said but that's all right yeah <laughs> um, but in first Peter 5 6 and 7 uh, and I actually stopped the other morning in the busy of a middle middle of a morning that was uh, turning in from uh, just a busy day to a frustrating day it says humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time Verse 7 is the one. Cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Amen. And I thought, uh, folks, take your bulletin, turn, find a blank place and, place and write down what your anxiety about your children are today. Mm-hmm. So that when you go home today, that anxiety God can take and, and take away. And it doesn't get lived out, played out breathed into your children that can go on or that can apply to anybody at any stage in life any right any you know just it, it's just a general covering but i think sometimes if we took that that anxiety that we have and we laid it at the the feet of jesus and know that raising this child is not just our we have a stewardship in raising this child mm-hmm. okay but this child is not a possession of ours. Right. Uh, it's a, it's it's a stewardship that God has given to us, uh, and lay our anxiety about how we're doing with that. If it's a good job, if it's not a good job, what's right, what's wrong, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Just lay that. Come, bring it to Him. He says, uh, "Cast your cares on Me. Come unto Me, all ye who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Mm-hmm. I think there's a whole bunch of folks that need some rest, um, in 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 terms of how we. Uh, our family and how we are faithful to a family and how we help guide and direct and bless a family. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Well, we are about out of time here, so I'm going to call the end of the game here. Call and, it. And uh, we'll, I don't know, insert your favorite sports analogy here, I guess. <laughs> I'll go from there. How about that? Uh, but we do thank you for listening today, and we love to keep the c- discussion uh, going with you. However, you want to do that, if you have questions or comments uh, to add, you can do that by following the link in the Calvary app, or if you're listening on the web, you'll find comments at the bottom um, of the uh, webpage there, or if you're listening in a podcast app, uh, you can head over to connectwithcalvary.org slash dailyconnection and find us there as well. And next week, we'll be back with a deeper dive Uh, into, uh, again, the life of the church as a sender. So hope you join us for that as well. Until then, grace and peace.